Hey, it's Tony Bruschi. When you're not listening to this podcast, be sure to check out one of our others, like this one, The Grave Talks. Every week, I talk with individuals who've been affected quite intimately and personally by the supernatural. We hear their stories one-on-one in our conversations. In fact, here's a 15-minute preview of one of this week's two new episodes of The Grave Talks. And if you like it, just search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts and press subscribe. Today on The Grave Talks, Order of Exorcism, a conversation with Timothy Earle. Timothy Earle is an employee of the Advent International Order of Exorcists and reports directly to Archbishop James Cloud, Chief Exorcist. His adventure began in 1997 when he began collecting EVPs without any sort of ill intentions. Nonetheless, things moved fast in a different direction and his wife was subjected to a demonic assault. His life has been profiled in a number of documentaries and television series since Today, we learned what it takes for an exorcist to take on a case and how he's been able to assist the living in escaping evil and how he's been able to do so successfully. Does the demonic attack those who are already mentally ill? Those questions and more we discuss with Timothy on The Grave Talks. Well, it started in roughly 1997. Uh, My wife and I were foster parents. And you know, we had a I had a healthy interest in uh, the paranormal, and um, we needed a way to entertain all these children. So we uh, had head out to the local haunts and we have tape recorders and flashlights, and you know, started uh, speaking into the night, so to speak. And uh, we started getting responses. You know, we started coming home with EVPs, and, and mind you, this is the old days this is this is analog this is yep uh you know uh, cassette tapes and um so everything was still very in its infancy uh, i mean paranormal research and ghost hunting has gone back decades prior to that however the technology just was not really developed sure and i started getting interested in it and engaging in it and uh you, you know i I have to admit, we, uh, I think we brought something home and it turned out to be a real negative experience for us. And unfortunately, my wife ended up uh, getting the brunt of what it is this entity um, did. And I, it's her story. I won't go into details. But what it did was it actually sparked me to start researching uh, a little deeper and getting into just what it is as far as tradition what it is as far as um research has been done up to date and um being born catholic we call it cradle catholic so i was born into the church um i already was you know had a pre-programming into my belief system which i still follow today for the most part um but the uh um the the i found out that the the information just really wasn't readily available to the typical um layman so um myself being a congregant of the local parish i went to the priest and explained what happened and what was happening and and my frustration about not being able to find anything and what i did find with him is that um the 
Catholic Church at the time, now this is in the 90s, so the Catholic Church at the time was very hesitant to engage in anything demonic of nature. Sure, there were exorcists. Sure, there were still ongoing cases. But there was few exorcists, and they were highly controlled at the archdiocese level. Um, you didn't have access to them, so it would have to be an escalation. And the uh, bishop that we were under at the time uh, had no inclination to engage in any such nonsense, so to speak. So I was left to my own devices. Um, but this priest, and I will not name his name, did help me. Um, got me access to libraries that I normally wouldn't have access. He would request books to be sent to him, and I, of course, you know, would read them. So um, we engaged in what everybody would call spiritual warfare in a true sense uh, with this entity and ended up reigning successful. And having done so, um, the priest shared this information with another archbishop who gave me a call and had me on the phone for an hour um, <laughs> in a recruitment call trying to you know get me to sign up to assisting him and, and other priests um, and at the time bear in mind I was also a licensed counselor so uh, I had you know some training formal training as far as that's concerned um, to be able to uh, console people who are having problems with the uh, supernatural so I, I agreed to do so. And uh, so with that, I mean, unfortunately, um, that archbishop and I have parted ways, but I'm, I'm, I've been doing it since. I'm working for uh, the Advent International Order of Exorcists. I report to Archbishop James Cloud. He is our chief exorcist. Um, and to be fair to every you and everybody, I am a layman. I am not an unordained minister or um, deacon. I've been requested to do so. However, I just don't think that that's what my path is. So, but so my um, abilities or my permissions or my authorizations are limited. I can perform exorcisms, but there's three types of exorcisms. So there's the simple, there's the major, and then there's the basic. So one everybody thinks about is the major exorcism where somebody's possessed or partially possessed and a priest or a bishop comes in and, and performs an exorcism, removing a spirit from the uh, physical being. The simple exorcism is performing an exorcism on a place or object that I can perform. And I'm supposed to get permission from the bishop or archbishop that I report to, but um James Cloud, he just wants me to do it. He doesn't really want to be bothered so much. So um, I do perform simple exorcisms. And then a basic exorcism is is actually um, a baptism is an exorcism. When you say the Lord's Prayer, that is actually a basic exorcism. So there's all sorts of smaller exorcisms that can be done in prayer that people do do without realizing that they do it. So um, how this works is a uh, person or a congregant will have a complaint that they're having issues with the supernatural and of course everybody's terrified so it's automatically classified as demonic mm -hmm. um, the uh, parish priests simply are not equipped 
to be able to run out to every time they receive a call. The the exorcists are, are not either. They have personal duties. They're, they're the priests that you see serving mass, giving weddings. Um, the They're just, and I, I don't want to say the average everyday Joe, because actual, actual um, exorcists like, of that nature are not average by any means. They're, 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 they're sought out, specifically picked, handpicked by the bishops, and um, for their demeanor, for their um, humble um, attitude towards God and Christ, and they live a specific lifestyle of um, pure. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to find the word. Sure. They, they simply live a lifestyle of purity that you, a regular priest, would would not, and then you or I would want. And there's reasons for that, which I'll get into. Okay. But so the complaint comes in, the, the priest will escalate it um, to his bishop. The bishop will call my bishop. My bishop will call me. You see how the circle goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get a case um, and my role and responsibility is to go visit the people and find out what's really going on. Right. Uh, so I could have a weekend of visiting up to five different families over 250 miles and then have four months of no activity. It's really strange. Um, but uh, my job is to find out first and foremost what's really going on. And the, you know, the educator will know a lot of this is, especially when um, people are complaining complaining that they're being attacked by demons. There's a lot of mental illness involved. Sure. Uh, right. I am not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist by any means, and I can't diagnose anybody, but I can identify that this is a situation where we need to steer them towards social services or uh, whatever available resources will be in the region. How, how are you, let me ask you there, how receptive are people to that answer? When they think, number one, they, they someone's reached out with them saying, we think we need an exorcist, you show up and you realize, uh, no, this person's like a borderline or something. Right. And and, it's, well, and and you tell them, you know, you can't diagnose them, but you're like, I really don't think you're possessed. I think you have mental health issues. Is that is that received? Oh, thank you. Or is it received more like, no, it's the devil. So, you know, I, I, some people know that they're on lithium, um, sure. <laughs> know yeah. that they're on, uh, Seroquel at, um, you know, nuts, 900 milligrams to suppress them. Yeah. Uh, in fact, to, to point, there was even one poor gal who, um, her brother was already, already diagnosed with a delusional disorder and it was a schizophrenia mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's hereditary and she was, she was full flung into it. And she had, she says she hadn't been diagnosed, but yes, she was medicated, but she hadn't been taking her meds. She was using meth instead because it was cheaper. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and so, um, you know, and, and she was adamant that she was being attacked and it wasn't her mental illness. So there's a lot of denial. The denial one's deep. However, it's real easy for me to say, look, I, I I think that we need to see a doctor first because if you're going to need a um, exorcism, the church will require a doctor's clearance. It's that simple. Sure. It, 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 a priest is not going to go perform 
a major exorcism on a person uh, for legal reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's also dangerous to perform an exorcism on somebody because you're actually opening the, opening up that person's um, spirit or energy, you know, and to dive into it. And if there's nothing there, you could just be opening them up to allow something to come in. So there's there's good reasons for it, but there's many court cases involved where um, priests have been sued, churches have been sued of an overzealous priest performing an exorcism on somebody with a mental illness and then with a real negative outcome. Okay. So it's a check mark that has to happen. Sure. So it's not necessarily good luck. We think you're sick. It's more so we'd love to help you more, but first you need to go be evaluated and see what they say. And then, it's, then it's up to them to take that step. And if they take that step, if the doctor says, yes, this is what we think is going on, then you can safely walk away and say, okay, now we know what that is. We hope you get the help that you need. Absolutely. And if okay. the, you know, and we do have a couple of, uh, I do, and we have a couple of psychiatrists, I'm, I'm sorry, they're both psychologists. I want to be clear about that. Sure. Uh, who have completed these evaluations for me and uh, given me um, reports. And of course, you know, there, there's only so much they can share. And um, personal possession is very rare. I've actually been do in doing this for the past. So I actually started this in 97, right? Um, and I think I've come across about seven legitimate demonic possessions mm -hmm. full or partial possessions um and what i would say is legitimate but at the end of the day um the vast majority of it is, is um, going to be overactive imaginations um or or they could have haunts that are um human in nature mm -hmm. okay so when we say the word demon I mean, there's a lot of connotation to it. Everybody immediately goes to fallen angels, Satan and his army. But there's a lot of ways to define what a demon is. So and if you're talking about the spiritual world, first off, there's more than one sect of fallen angels. There's multiple sects of angels that fell, watchers being another. Um, they, they're described in the Book of Enoch and uh, it briefly mentioned in the um, um, Book of Genesis. And then they had children with um, human wives or human women. And those were, are the Nephilim. I'm sure you've heard that word. Mm -hmm. God smited the Nephilim. They were the giants that roamed the earth. God smited them and killed them all off in the flood. Well, they um, were human, so they had souls. All right. So they're still roaming around out there in the spiritual world. And we've run into them as well. Hope you enjoyed this 15-minute preview of one of this week's two brand new episodes of The Grave Talks. To hear the rest and get new episodes every Monday and Tuesday right in your podcast feed, search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts and press subscribe or visit thegravetalks.com.